Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good afternoon, and welcome to the wrap-up show. Wow. Incoming weather system, gale warnings, uh, retirement in the Golden Globe race. We've got a lot to get to today on today's show. I'm really kind of excited because I just finished up my last... uh, my last day of work, actually. Like, that's it. I mean, there may be one more boat. It might come out on Monday if I'm still here. But you know what? I'm going to worry about that later. Uh, thank you, Night Marine Service, for employing me. Oh, my goodness gracious. What would I do without this great group of people and this very, uh, at times, punishing job, but also fantastic job. Learned a whole lot. Uh, just, you know... Uh, I think it's one of those things when you when you go a good amount of time without having a job, uh, and by that I mean you're sort of like self-employed or you're working on a book or all that sort of stuff, so I shouldn't really even say not have a job, but you're trying to do your own thing, and you sort of separate yourself from that nine-to-five sort of thing. At first, it can feel pretty, pretty enjoyable, pretty free, do whatever you want sort of thing. There is part of me that does miss out uh the camaraderie of of coming in and being part of a team and sort of accomplishing stuff um you know i i think there's a fine balance to be had uh for me personally if i had my way i would do 4 days of work usually probably around 10 hours a day and then have 3 full days off every week and that would just about be perfect uh you know i feel like the schedule that most people do, and myself included, um, is it just limits the rest and relaxation and the ability to go out and do fun things. Uh, you know, finishing work at 5 p.m. on a Friday really makes it, it, it makes me want to just go and stay up as late as possible on Friday night, just raging, so to speak, uh, having as much fun and squeezing as much time into it as possible. Uh, and then Saturday, a lot of times spent uh, a little bit of recovery or whatever, but, uh, and then before you know it, it's Sunday and you're just thinking about work coming up the next day. So that is not all that acceptable. So I think my, my goal, uh, for the future is going to be trying to set up a, a more attainable schedule, uh, or amenable, I'm sorry, schedule for work as in, you know, come in on a Monday. Thursday afternoon, you are finito, and then you got Friday, Saturday, Sunday to kick back, relax, enjoy, go on a mini adventure. I don't know. Lots of possibilities out there. Mm. Ah, so it is just one of those things. Um, ah, I'm just so, so overwhelmed and happy to have had uh, a really fun job to do for the summer and be part of a great team and all that. I know I've said it a million times, but it really is something that. No, I think as I get older and all that sort of stuff, um, it it really does. Uh, it means a lot when the uh, the ownership and management and stuff uh, take note if you work really hard and really really bust your butt all summer long. That uh, 
it's nice to hear about it in the end and not uh, just be overlooked and assumed that that's just the normal. So that is enough on that. Let's move on. Uh, in other news, I'm going to run this one kind of almost like a uh, bit of a news news report. In other news, Stormwatch. So it's we're starting to see our uh, three-day forecasts and all that sort of stuff coming up. Uh, we've got the Gale Watch in effect starting tomorrow night. We should be seeing some serious rain. And luckily, luckily, we're going to be seeing mostly southerly winds. Um, the fear for me was if the center of the low was in a certain position where we saw the northeast trade winds. Or not, sorry, geez, a nor'easter come in. Uh, way different than the northeast trades. Um, and that can get very fierce here inside Rockland Harbor and no longer safe to be on the dock. So uh, as of now, it looks like the most of the wind and stuff are going to start Friday night due south and then clock a little bit out of the southwest, but be completely diminished and gone by Saturday in the wee hours. So... Uh, that is good. That is definitely good. That's what we're hoping for. It's going to blow out of here really fast. Then the wind is just calm to nothing on Sunday, which isn't great. Uh, leaving in those sort of conditions, basically a lumpy sea with no wind is really, you can't really leave and I'm not motoring out of here. So, uh, I'll be staying put, I guess, on Sunday unless, uh, something happens with the wind which Sunday night, we have another system that sort of rolls off uh, on the back of the other one. And by Monday, around noonish, the wind is clean, clear, and beautiful out of the west-northwest. Almost perfect for where I want to go, which is southeast. So it looks like uh, Monday, Monday noon departure. I'll be riding the tide. Tides are around 2.30 in the afternoon, which is close enough for an outgoing tide, which is what I want to ride. That'll gain me a couple of hours to get past Matinicus Rock, get away from some of the very compacted lobster buoys, and uh, back into the free, free world of the ocean. The last lawless continent, so to speak, uh, on our planet, if you consider water to be a continent. <clears throat> Also the largest area on our planet. But uh, yeah, then pretty much after that, it's typical sort of, uh, you know, North Atlantic weather. So it's not going to be pretty and it's going to be a little wild, but got to get out there. And the further east I get and the further south I get, the nicer it is going to be. The next little system starts to kind of show its face coming up from Hatteras right around Wednesday, Thursday. So it only gives me a couple of days to get out there. Probably going to have to do a little Hove 2 action on that one, um, at least for the first little bit where it's coming out of the southeast. But then, again, we get some nice strong westerlies, and I'll be riding those as fast and as furious as possible. Get me down to that Gulf Stream and uh, hopefully to a little bit more manageable and calm weather. But again, this time of year in the North Atlantic, it's never all that pretty until you get south enough to get into the trade wind belts. So that's uh, that's sort of the forecast at this point. And uh, again, yeah, that's the hope is uh, Monday, Monday at noon, taking off and uh, 
I think I should be ripping and ready. There's one other little project I want to be working on uh, besides sort of reprovisioning from what I've eaten already. Uh, that's always a, a fun thing when you're you're trying to decide. And I'm just eating very sparingly as far as what I'm taking. I did, however, crack into the jelly beans, which, you know, uh, every once in a while you got to get a little fruit flavor blast, if you know what I mean. So... Uh, I do have reprovisioning to do, and then I'm checking out one of the bulkheads and might do a little fiberglass and work on that just because it's something I've wanted to do for a while. Um, and I figure if I've got a whole weekend, might as well do it. Tomorrow we're not working because uh, it's Veterans Day. Uh, big, big time respect for all the veterans here. And um, yeah, then we got the weekend. It's going to be crummy weather. It's going to be rainy, all that sort of stuff, but whatever. I'm going to be tracking weather and hopefully doing some more videos and more podcasts and all that sort of stuff. But for the voyage, uh, before we leave the weather and head on to another subject, if you want to follow the trip, just uh, you can get daily updates on Twitter. The uh, handle is at Die Sailing. That's D-I-E capital S-A-I-L-I-N-G. Die Sailing. Um, and yeah, we'll be doing just... Daily updates or every other day, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. In the past, they used to be very regimented with that. But there was this kind of feeling that I would get. Um, I'd wake up, and I wanted to do them at the same time, and i do them every day. And I think this came from the last trip, or maybe it was a trip before. You know, we were I was trying to update family, and then I was updating some other people on the weather, and then I was updating the MS Society, and then I was updating Twitter, and it became, uh, you know, I'm not putting a lot of time into it uh, as far as a job, so I wouldn't call it that, but it, it became this responsibility, but this repetitive thing, and uh, yeah, I just, I started to almost dread it, and you know, I, I, I love communicating with especially friends and family, uh, but when you're you're essentially sending the same message out to four or five different uh, venues, it, it kind of becomes a little bit like, oh, yeah, yeah. So this time, you know what? I'm just going to uh, update when I feel like it, and uh, hopefully people are accepting of that. You know, I got I to gotta be a little, I got I to cut loose a little bit on this trip. I'm going to be a little fancy free. I'm going to... I'm going to knock off all the rules and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it would have been nice to do a little bit of, uh, you know, fundraising and all that sort of stuff for the trip. But with everything going on, uh, it just not feasible. And I think with the last two trips, raising money and then not being able to complete my goal of where I was going and all that and cutting the trip short, kind of felt bad. And I didn't I just didn't want to. I didn't want to let people down again. Um, not that I think anybody would think that, but it just, in my head, that's what I, that's sort of what I started to feel like. And so, you know, and who knows, maybe those, maybe that, that'll be the success is that, yeah, it's like, oh, you should have, should have done it on this trip because you made it all the way, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so that's it for, uh, for tracking and weather. Now on to sort of the big news. Now, one of my favorite competitors in the Golden Globe race is Pat Lawless. I've talked with his brother, Peter, who was out wrestling the sea uh, at the same time I was. And he was going to try and do trip around the world. 
really, really fun, nice guy. He's got a great YouTube channel, lots of lots of fun videos and stuff. And um, his brother Pat is in the GGR, and there still has yet to be uh, an Irishman to or an Irish person to make it around the world solo and nonstop. And so both these two brothers have wanted to do that. Peter has moved on to other things, but uh, Pat entered the Golden Globe and. He has an Aries wind vane, and he has some sort of bearing issue that uh, he cannot sort out with his wind vane. And so, essentially, his wind vane is not working. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm sitting here trying to think, well, what bearing is it? Um, you know, the, the only, I think the only bearings that I have that are in that wind vane are... You basically, you have the wind blade, which is connected to sort of a, a an aluminum holder, really burly thing. And inside of that, there's a whole bunch of roller bearings. Um, and actually on my boat, they're, they're not even like, I wouldn't even call them full bearings. They're just these little tubes of plastic. And there's a whole bunch of them in there. And essentially that allows the, the wind blade part to just rotate and and move without any any friction or anything like that, which then drives the the pivoting of the the blade that's in the water, which then is connected to the tiller and moves that with all of its uh, leverage. So, in a nutshell, that's how an Aries wind vane works. And there's very few parts. There's very few of anything. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess that would be the bearing that he's talking about because I can't think of any others that are on that. Maybe I'm completely blanking on on something else there but i do recall probably the closest call i've ever had with the wind vane uh on mighty sparrow was during pretty ugly little blow i was headed south to charleston or south carolina and um i had noticed and i even have it in a video uh where i'm i'm sort of capturing you know the wind and the waves and the breaking waves all that sort of stuff and you can see in the video that there's a piece of electrical tape that's sort of undoing itself. And it is on either side of this mounting bracket for the wind blade. And I even mentioned it. I'm like, oh, better tidy that up. And guess what? I didn't. And the only problem is, is that that little piece of tape is the sort of um, backup, you know, so essentially... This little part has a, a stainless steel pin, a rod that goes through it, and then the bearings are around that, or these little plastic uh, tubes, and then uh, which are all encased in the aluminum sort of housing bracket. And essentially, that's held in with two little set screws. But I had one. There was one year where I think I had noticed that 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 rod had twisted a little bit. Or shifted, you know, ever so, so much. And I thought to myself, geez, if you lose that, then the whole thing falls apart. And so I ended up going and uh, putting a bunch of tape around it as sort of like a second line uh, of defense. And um, in this case, it, it the tape was coming off. And unbeknownst to me, this, this little rod was working its way out so every time the wind blade swung the rod would swing and i remember looking up not long after maybe just an hour or two and it looked like the wind blade was leaning over much further than it ever really did 
Uh, it has a dedicated sort of, you know, there's there's stoppers that only allow it to maybe go at about a 45 degree angle or maybe a bit more. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's not right. And then I look really close and I'm like, holy cow, and I could see the rod coming out of the side, just about ready to lose the thing. And I'm flipping out. And I, it was one of those times where it didn't matter anything. I just needed to get out there super fast. It's all soaking wet and everything out there. Get up there and I push that sucker back in, go tape it all up, um, secure everything. I'd lost a bunch of the bearings uh, or those little plastic rods and um, the little spacers that sort of keep everything just where you want it to. And I'm thinking to myself, holy cow, that was so close. Like, I don't know exactly what I would have done uh, had that had that rod gone. I mean, I, I have threaded rod, which I'm sure I could have maybe, maybe somehow taped or put a tube around or something um, to slide that in. But then who knows, maybe the the wind blade wouldn't be free to just rock back and forth and, and change with the breeze and stuff. So if that is the case that he has somehow lost, uh, that little area of bearings, then that's pretty rough. He may have a different version of the Aries. I've seen multiple, there's even two or three different ones here in the boatyard. So I don't know without seeing a picture of it. I can't, uh, I can't really, can't really say, but uh, I am very surprised, very surprised that um, an Aries wind vane is having issues. Um, you know, maybe maybe I'm lucky, but I don't think so. Uh, Mongo, aboard Mighty Sparrow, is hitting, hitting about the 70,000. Well, no, Mongo would be at about the 60,000 mile mark because that first one I had was, was Mongo, the original. And I put about 10,000 miles on that one. But uh, knock on wood. It's been a flawless, wonderful existence uh, and friendship between myself and my Aries wind vane. But who knows? That's my plug for it. But that is a bummer. I mean, he he's just really, Pat is a great guy. Uh, we've only sort of texted or emailed back and forth once or twice. And to have his, uh, his dreams dashed, but I will, I'm not going to count him out either because he's clever I've watched some of his YouTube videos about some of the improvements and modifications he did for his boat. Uh, you know, he's he's leaps and bounds ahead of me as far as uh, innovation and knowledge and all that sort of stuff when it comes to sailboats and sailing and, and everything. Um, so it really is, uh, he could surprise us all. He could come right back in. Uh, my hope would be that if he does stop and he needs to get a part, he gets the part. And, uh, and then he just continues on, you know, um, get that experience in there, go around the world, do it. I mean, at least then you'd, you'd be, you know, finish the course. Why not? I, I can understand where he's coming from, where he has this sort of set goal in his head. I mean, I, I myself had to make that decision, uh, so to speak on my trip where I needed food. Um, so, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's pretty it's sad. When I heard that one today, I was uh, I was definitely a bit taken aback by it, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, as far as I'm concerned. So, sorry about that, Pat. Cheers to you, bud. Uh, hope you sort it out. But if you don't, you gave it a valiant effort. You know, 
that was one of the things that I learned uh, when I was trying to do that trip to go up to the Northwest Passage is that uh, even though everything went completely pear-shaped on that one, I still, for about a month and about two months on land and a month out at sea, I was headed to the Northwest Passage. I was on the adventure. I had taken the first steps. I was in motion, and uh, that in and of itself, I think, is uh, quite an accomplishment because it's it's nice to have gone out there and at least given it your go. It's very easy to sit somewhere comfortable and nice and be able to say, oh, well, you know, you should have done this, should have done that, da-da-da-da. You're not the one out there. You're not dealing with what's going on, and so it's it's usually best just to tip your hat, say, hey, Gave it a good one. Nice try. Excellent. More than I would have ever done. And uh, and move on from there. But um, that's enough on, on old Pat. Sorry about that, bud. In other news, uh, there are a few of the racers who have gotten to Cape Town and they are entering the danger zone. Um, essentially, at this point, not to say that the deep South Atlantic is not the danger zone, but uh, and they will be revisiting that area in a much more serious manner after they round Cape Horn. But um, it's it's go time as far as Southern Ocean sailing. You know, there's no more of this uh, 36 degrees south. Once you get past Cape Town, you're you're getting into uh, the Roaring Forties and the Indian Ocean is just an ugly, scary place anyway. And even the racers that are just getting, that aren't quite to Cape Town, that stuff, I mean, the weather systems are starting to actually show themselves. And if you go to Windy or any of the various uh, weather forecasting sites where you can see all the weather information all over the world, you go down to the Cape of Good Hope and you get to see a little bit of these Southern Ocean lows Though I will say, right now, uh, the Southern Ocean is looking pretty tame compared to what's going on in the North Atlantic. The, <laughs> the weather systems in the North Atlantic are absolutely exploding, and it is, uh, it's a little nerve-wracking uh, as somebody who's just about to set out in there. But they had a really nice trip across the South Atlantic. Even some of the sailors had said, you know, it's not, it hasn't been a huge challenge weather-wise, and, um, yeah, that's all going to change very shortly. And even by next week, some of the low pressure systems that are going underneath, uh, South Africa are, are pretty impressive to watch and into the Indian ocean and all that. It's, it's going to be a wild ride for sure. Um, but the real dip down, the real pinch point, I think becomes, uh, apparent when you start getting underneath Australia, Tasmania, and, uh, New Zealand. That's where there's no place to run. There's no place to hide. Hopefully, uh, Poseidon or Neptune or whoever decides to let you sort of pass gracefully, but it doesn't always happen. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things being able to watch that race, has been a real experience uh, from someone who has, you know, been exactly where those those racers are um, and knows what it's like to be heading in there, especially for the first time. Uh, it really is. Um, I don't know. I can just put myself in their position, and I know 
I know how I'd be feeling right now entering the Indian Ocean. I know how scared I was being underneath the Cape of Good Hope, which extends for, you know, 600 miles and the Agulhas Current and all that sort of stuff that's going on. It's uh, it's a scary, scary place. I would equate uh, the Cape of Good Hope area to um, the area between, let's say, uh, do, do, let's say Cape Hatteras all the way up to Nova Scotia. You know, you've got the Gulf Stream. You've got these low pressure systems coming out from the Canadian Shield, and it can get really ugly really, really quick. And you know, they they you can develop what are called square waves, just essentially a, a vertical face of water that is so huge and so crazy. It doesn't matter what kind of boat you're in. If it catches you at the wrong moment and the wrong time, it'll take you right down. So some of the risks uh, that, you know, sailors face, not just in those places, but in anywhere. And you want to be as prepared as you can for that sort of thing. And that is, uh, that's what I try and do, at least give it my best. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for the podcast today. Uh, I'm going to try and put out something uh, something this weekend while it gets all stormy and crazy. It's really incredible in the boatyard uh, when the winds get up into the 40s, uh, sustained, and then gusts even more. I mean, it is apparent that wind is blowing in the rigging. I mean, we have 200 boats hauled out here. Almost every one of them's got a slapper on it, a halyard that just bangs away. And just listening to the sound of, of wind through the rigging and around the hollow mast and just that <gasps> ding, 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 ding. I, I'll definitely try and get a little bit of uh, sort of video and audio footage when, ooh, what do we got? Oh, fairy coming in. Uh Video and audio footage when it does happen. Ooh, sorry about that. Banging the old uh, old microphone there. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty crazy, and I'm just thankful and hopeful that uh, the winds stay out of the south, and I can just ride this one right out on the dock. Luckily, the team of people around here are so great, and they've all said that if things seem to get to explode or things change or anything like that and i need to haul out we're just going to haul me out quick as can be so that that is something i'm definitely not taking for granted not one second at all so hmm. other than that i want everybody to enjoy their weekend hopefully you don't have to work tomorrow like i don't and uh, you can celebrate a little bit tonight keep an eye on the weather um uh, Keep old Pat Lawless in your thoughts because uh, he is having a tough time mentally right now, I'm sure, unless he's able to get this thing fixed and then he's going to feel like a superhero. So uh, other than that, if you want to support the podcast, head on over to Patreon. The link will be in the description and we do have shirts available. That link will be in there as well. Check out the YouTube channel if you want to see more content. Just posted a video about you know, hauling your boat out, some top tips, uh, how it's done, what to expect, all that sort of thing. But other than that, thank you all so much for the support, for the emails, the Patreon family. You guys, uh, I don't know if you can tell a difference in the uh, audio quality or not, but I was able to take a little bit of the money that was donated from the last month and uh, put it towards a new microphone. 
two reasons for that. One, one of the other mics were was sort of on the fritz, uh, started crackling a little bit, which is no good. Uh, but two, I wanted to make sure I had a backup. You know, nothing worse than heading out to sea and uh, having something fail. And then all of a sudden, uh, now I can't record any of the offshore gold that's sure to come out of the brain of a lonely solo sailor out there for months at a time. Uh, you know, that's going to be pretty good stuff. I can't wait to get more of it. Uh, can't really even imagine if I, if I end up out there for, you know, three, four months. It's a long time and it could get pretty interesting. I, I kind of wish I would have thought about this for the trip around the world, but. Yeah, you know, hindsight's 50-50, or no, ha, 20-20. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and until next time, have a great one.